The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty with you on Tuesday morning, the 29th of March 2022. We are with you till 10am and... We're good to go. The text number is 51551. You can email ryan at rte.ie and all is good in the world. I was in uh, time. When I left yesterday, what I wanted to do was, first of all, thanks to the to my colleagues who organised a um, new headphones and new chair and the bit of carpet that the chair was rolling into has been replaced. This is amazing. So the, it, I feel like I'm driving a new car here today. It's, it, it, it feels good. So thank you to those guys and gals who sorted that out. Any road, uh, I went into town yesterday because when we did our Ukraine special on the Late Late Show, I spoke to a man called Ruslan, who was in the audience, one of the audience uh, members. And then I saw him on the 6-1 News in his shop. Palyantitia, that is my appalling pronunciation of what the shop's called. It's a flatbread, he told me, from Ukraine, very specific to that part of the world. If you're from Ukraine, he told me, you can pronounce it correctly. And you can tell, Ukrainian people can tell if somebody else is not from Ukraine because they'll definitely make a bag of the pronunciation. Quite interesting the way he was describing yesterday because having seen him then uh, on the news, I said I'd love to go into the shop because I was really taken by the shop that they, a pop-up shop in Clarendon Street in Dublin. So I, I took it upon myself to wander in and sure enough, he was there. I hadn't uh, planned to, to meet him, but he, thankfully he was there. And we got into a lovely chat and he showed me around. The shop's buzzing with... Uh, Ukrainian people. The idea of the shop is that it's uh, everything in it is donated. Um, pretty much everything in it is new, and people can come. Ukrainian people can come in, flash their passport or some ID, and they can come and pick whatever they need and take it back to whatever hotel they're staying in or house they're staying in in Ireland. Um, and the place he was, he, Rosalind was telling me is donated by Aviva. Fair play to them. And um, but just there were these little little acts of, of kindness around the place whereby he said, you know, um, we, we'd love to be able to cut hair here because they did have a few sinks weirdly in the, in the setup, but they, they don't have enough space. But there's a, a barber's in Stony Batter that on a Sunday they go in and open and only for Ukrainian people just to cut their hair and, um, and, and mind them a little bit. Uh, there is uh, snap printers up the road. So if they want to get their pictures sorted out, if you're Ukrainian, they'll help you. Really, and they're kind of under the radar stuff. And there's supermarkets and places around that are uh, uh, dropping down supplies uh, from boxes left outside the uh, areas they're in. Um, and really, the, the it's mostly women, uh, a lot of children, uh, going in to pick up bags of uh, packets of nappies, uh, pairs of jeans, um, toys for, for kids and his point was we don't want secondhand stuff to be honest with you and I said I appreciate that he said I'd rather if somebody wanted to drop something in drop in one new shirt rather than six old ones and I thought yeah that makes great sense and as we were there I was talking to this lady and her baby Nana and we were we were, we were having fun and, and good conversation and somebody just quietly came in and handed her handed Ruslan three vouchers for Duns. And I thought, oh, God, of course, that's much handier than anything else in some ways because they can take the voucher and then get really tailor-make what they need from the various shops. But it was a, it was a great, uh, it's a great endeavour. 
Um, everyone pulling together and um, just wanted to give Rosalind the, the nod this morning because he and he wanted to say thanks to everybody who were who's helping along the way. And I see a piece from Olivia Kelly in in the um, Irish Times today about Paul McQuaid, who runs River Cycles beside the James Joy, Joyce Bridge at Usher's Island. And they're provided they, during the COVID. They provided free bike pairs to hospital staff and frontline workers. Um, and now they are uh, they are uh, helping Ukrainian families because, as they said, so many people are lying in people's so many bikes rather are lying in people's sheds or at the end of the gardens that could be put to good use and make some small difference to people's lives while they're here. So he's going to accept offers of adult and children's bikes and ask that, if possible, owners send him a picture so we can assess their condition. Um, not looking for anything fancy, the dustier the better. I just need to see that they're in reasonable shape so that I have the parts to put them back on the road. And if you want to donate locks and lights, that would be appreciated. He got the idea after a friend sent him details of a Ukrainian woman who had recently arrived here with her two children and needed to get uh, to school. And this is the brief story of Maria Metzenska. Her family fled Kiev two days ago, uh, two days into the war. First went to Western Ukraine. This is a very interesting um, odyssey, if you like, to see how people are, have got here. Uh, they left two days into the war. Husband stayed behind, obviously. She then crosses the border with her son Mark and daughter Mira. They're 13 and 8, respectively. They get to Bull Moldova. There they get in a car of some description and get to Romania, then Hungary, and then from Budapest they get to Ireland. And now they're in Ireland and they're staying at the Holiday Inn at Dublin Airport. It's miles away, or at least it's enough distance away from the school. So then Paul McQuaid comes in and says, well, we'll give you bikes for your kids so they can cycle to school, and they're on the road. That's, that's the road. That, that is war-torn Ukraine to decent fellow with the fixing up bikes, for, thanks to the decency of Irish people giving them the bikes, and everyone's winning in a, in a horrible situation. Would that be fair to say? Anyway, it was pretty impressive. And uh, Paul, uh, rivercycles.com is, uh, if you want to donate a, a bike or get involved there, fair play to Paul McQuaid, who I don't know, but I have to say hats off to him uh, for that. And it's kind of, uh, in, in a, a kind of bike lock related story, but not quite as dramatic as that when I was uh, outside a shop yesterday, I was going for a bit of a cycle and had to park the bike, lock the bike. I don't know why people find that comical that I'd be on a bike, but I suppose it is. But I locked the bike, came out, and then the key snapped to the lock. So I thought, how am I going to get them? Knock out of this thing. Anyway, thankfully the bit of the key that was left did fit in a bit, just enough to wriggle it out after I panicked for about 10 minutes at it. And I uh, got it open and went down to the bike shop, uh, Mike's Bikes near me, and I said, I need a new lock. I said, no problem. And he said, uh, it'll cost that. He said, but I'm not going to charge you because I want you to, instead of paying me, put it straight into uh, Pieta or motor neuron disease for the crime, the climb with Charlie on Saturday. There's a lot of niceness out there, you know what I mean? That's always a very nice thing to do. So, of course, uh, that is uh, as good as done. Um, and then I was in, I said, while I'm in town, I'll go in because I was eating a, a cherry bun the other morning and... Um, when one of the guys upstairs saw me eating it, they were just... Remember when you're in school and you see somebody eating something and you think... You, and you say to them, you want it, and you say, or a bit of it, and you say, what's, what's that? And you say, well, it's, it's a packet of opal fruits. Yeah. What do they taste like? Well, they're nice. Like, and then they, they want one, really. And they pass by looking at me eating this, going, what's that? I said, well, it's, it's a cherry bun from 1948. Well, I go, does it taste nice? It tastes very nice. And you do want some? No, you do. So I went in and I said, I'd sit in and have one, and then I'll buy some... For the, there's a lot of birthdays upstairs this week, so I said I'll buy some. 
which I did. But as I was sitting down, I met a bunch of people. I met this lovely family. She's a girl who's 21 yesterday. Congratulations. The dad I'd met weirdly at, in, in Atlanta airport when I was flying back from Graceland 100 years ago. And their mom, they were having a little birthday breakfast. And then I met a young guy called Johnny and his mum. They passed by and said, uh, Johnny is heading in to do a, um, a competition to make a speech. He was up from Cork for ActionAid. And uh, so he was a little nervous going in to make a speech. I said, well, it takes guts to make a speech. He was a fifth or sixth year student, I think. And the good news is anyway, he said, so I said to him, well, if you're going to make a speech, can I give you a little advice? He said, yeah. I said, keep it short, a um, little bit funny and, and um, emote, you know, speak from your heart. And, and don't lose the room. If you're dead behind the eyes, the room's dead. So keep going. And off you want. And we sent an email last night to the show to say, I want to pass on the message that the advice was helpful, it was great, and played a part in me winning first place. Who won? And I'm delighted for him. Good man, Johnny. And thanks for the helpful words. I've attached a few pictures below. And sure enough, there he is, the, the man himself. I said, I suspect you might be a senior counsel in years to come. Remember me when I'm stuck in court and need your help, which I hope he will. Um, I mentioned Charlie Bird there, of course, and the good uh, news is that's all happening on Saturday, which I'm extremely excited about. That's why I was doing all that walking and cycling yesterday, just to keep the heart ticking over. And Charlie uh, tweeted to say, we are just days away from the climb with Charlie on Saturday. We've, we've already raised three quarters of a million euro. I don't know if you're aware of that for Pieta and um, Irish motor neuron disease. Uh, he says, every day I cry now, and I've been told it's one of the symptoms of my MND. I didn't know that. And he says, but much of the tears are because of the love I am feeling from everyone across the country. And he's feeling it, Charlie. I hope you're tuning in this morning. And if you are, we're, we're all standing with you and we're, we're good to go. On Saturdays, the whole cast of characters will be down there. And also, um, that lovely fellow, uh, the guys I met in the, in the bike shop yesterday, were, they were saying that they know people who are going to go to different mountains and reeks and hills around the place just to climb it to, because they don't want everyone to be a Crow Patrick, obviously. Uh, so they want everyone to get involved in their own way and make a donation. And so that's great. It's, it's, it's happening all over the country and um, it's just days away now. But I think uh, we're, we're, we're match fit and we are good to go. Um, elsewhere, did you know Jared Leto was in a film that was uh, filmed in Ireland? And if so, what's the film? According to Sandra Mallon today in the Irish Daily Star, um, he starred in Last of the High Kings. Last of the High Kings. Not Last of the High Kings, like up the mountain, the High Kings. And he starred in that with Gabriel Byrne, who was shot in the mid-90s in and around Hoth in Dublin. And he was recalling his time making the film. He said, that was my very first movie that I'd starred in. And of course, Dublin was a very different town. It was a, a beautiful experience and it changed my life. I love the country. Anytime I see someone from Ireland, I have a warm feeling. I feel like family. It's a great place, a very special place. I miss it. Here you are, Jared Leto. And um, he's been succeeded, hasn't he, as, in some ways as the Joker um, by Barry Cogan. And in the same um, column, uh, we hear that Hugh Jackman has praised the work of the Inish Man Knitting Company, which I was about to buy something from recently and then I got called away, but they have lovely... You know the way that all that knit is back in, that, that kind of kind of Aran and cable knit and all that kind of thing. Anyway, he posted, thank you, Mary Mullen, for this gorgeous top from the Inish Man Knitting Company. Uh, of course, he's in The Music Man, which we mentioned last week, and somebody said, don't forget, Mary Mullen, Galway's finest, is in that too. 
And she obviously gave him um, a jumper or of some sort from that company and spreading the word. And it's oh, I see, he's wearing the jumper. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a navy, a navy knit, if you like. And um, good honor. That's good. Spread the love. Spread the word. Nothing wrong with that. Holiday ma- holiday makers, according to the Irish Examiner, have been warned of severe delays at Dublin Airport over the Easter period after passengers missed flights and thousands faced long queues due to staff shortages. If you're going to be heading on the plane in the next few weeks, this is a word of warning, I suppose. Just get there in time. People are hungry to travel. If they can afford to, they're going to do it. And the Irish Travel Agents Association Chief Executive Pat Dawson said about the bottlenecks in security at Dublin Airport in recent days are going to get worse. Airlines such as Ryanair have now advised passengers to arrive at Dublin Airport at least three and a half hours before flights. Mother of God. And um, he said that uh, a minimum of three hours for short haul flights and four hours for long haul or that passengers maybe should consider looking to Cork and Shannon or airports for alternative routes or holiday at home. It's only up the road and you don't have to get on a plane, which is kind of handy too. Uh, a text from Anne-Marie says, I met a refugee this morning. She's been in a hotel in the city centre for the last few weeks and she put a request out on Facebook yesterday for crafting items. And I have a lot of stuff, so I was able to deliver this morning. She was tremendously grateful, saying her mind is going mad with nothing to do. I could totally empathise with this as I get such pleasure from my hobbies and I've done uh, the money donations already, but it meant so much more to be able to help one person in a small way. So I'm not sure she knows how happy she made me today. That reminds me of the of what happiness is, the, the quintessential or at least uh, definition of, of happiness, which somebody told us once here, and I never forgot. I said, do you remember when you give somebody something that they really want? Yes. And remember the look of happiness in their face? Yes. And remember how happy you felt when you gave them something? And yeah, that's... That's happiness. So that you, Amory, just felt that this morning, and that's a great, great, great feeling. I hear you uh, talking about the air- holiday in at the airports. Says Susan and Meath. We're a group of mams, and we've been helping the Ukrainians that have arrived here with donated clothes and toys and phone chargers and art supplies. And one of the main the mams things uh, brings them to the pavilions to buy their their own underwear and anything else that they need that we can't supply. This week, three Ukrainians have started in our school, and we're going to cover their lunches through the lunch bag app. Um, I haven't heard of that, but that sounds like something we might talk to with uh, Santos O'Garo in a few minutes' time. What these people have been through is truly horrific. So any small gestures we can make, if we can, do make a difference and um, to their lives, and they're very grateful. Well, uh, you know, you're so right, and most of the people uh, who you're talking about are here because of a catastrophe in their country. They don't want to be here, and they simply want to go home. As Roslan was telling me yesterday, an older lady was sitting in the, in the shop at one point and she was crying and he said, don't don't cry, you know, you're here now and we can give you anything you want from the shelves. And she said, I don't want anything. She said, I just want to go home. And that, that summed it up for me in, in some ways. Okay, 51551 is the text number. I'm delighted to see echolive.ie reporting that Cork City Council has officially launched its age-friendly seating in the city centre with plans for more wor- uh, work later in the year. That's lovely. Uh, the National Transport Authority funded a retrofitted age-friendly seating attached to the concrete and marble plinths in five locations in the city centre in Cork, including Grand Parade uh, um, and Patrick Street and other places. The retrofitting includes wooden slats and backs and armrests in order to meet the criteria identified to qualify as age-friendly seating. So I always think that's a, 
a nice thing to do. Um, Roman Abramovich could be the latest victim in Russia's long history of experimenting with deadly toxins. And it's only when I read this, I thought, yeah, the Russian uh, bad guys do love poisoning and have done for for, for um, decades, just over a century ago. Lenin uh, gave orders to open a top secret lab and his grip on power wasn't secure and he hoped the new facility would give the NKVD another weapon in its arsenal to crush any lingering resistance to Bolshevik rule. And that expanded under Stalin. Yeah, scientists were worked, who worked there were allowed to test their inventions on political prisoners and the facility became known as the cell and poisoning became the uh, choice of assassination du jour in, in many ways and then Putin arrives on the scene and goes, yep, I'll have a bit of that. Uh, so he lashed it into Yushchenko, who was permanently disfigured. Remember that poor man, his face just nearly overnight just changed into something like a, like a, it was a most unfortunate disfigurement. And um, it's equally uh, Anna Politovskaya, a Russian investigative journalist. She got sick after drinking tea on an air flight. flight. It was like a Bond movie gone wrong. Um, and she was later shot dead in her Moscow flat when that didn't work. And equally, tea was given, used to give a polonium 2102 to Alexander Litvinenko, another famous man, infamous story where he just got sicker and sicker. Remember him disintegrating before a rise? And of course, the Skripal case in Salisbury. Um, and on it goes. Um, desperate stuff. Uh, text 51551. Uh, Ryan, Jared Leto, yes. As a young teenager obsessed with him, I sat outside St. Finton's Boys School in Sutton for hours to catch a glimpse of him coming and going as they had set up at the back of the school with all their kit and a double-decker bus. I was so excited as he drove past in the bus and waved at us. The flush of youth. Little Jared Leto um, memory there from you. Thank you for that. Um, there is a dog. Have you been to Pompeii? If you haven't, if you haven't been to Pompeii, go on a, look it up online and, and, and go virtually because it's so fascinating and if you can go someday go because it is one of those wonders of the world that is just uh, remarkable to visit um, and now they have a four-legged robot called Spot has been deployed to wander around the ruins of ancient Pompeii identifying structural and safety issues while delving underground to inspect tunnels dug by relic thieves I want to read this book I want to watch this movie. Not with the, the computer dog, but even Dan Brown, I'll, I'll, I'll read that. Pompeii Relic Thieves. It's, it's, it's all there already. Uh, the dog-like robot made by um, a US-based Boston Dynamics is capable of inspecting even the smallest of spaces while gathering and recording data used, useful for the study and planning of interventions. Spot will also be tested for use in underground tunnels made by Tomborowli, or Tomb Raiders, who for years made a fortune by digging their way into the ruins and stealing relics to sell on to art traffickers around the world. What a great story. Uh, I have to say, given that they're in ancient Rome, or at least ancient uh, Pompeii, um, you would think that they could come up with a more exciting name for the computer dog than Spot. Wouldn't you think, like, Caesar or Brutus or Antonius or Agrippa or something, but not Spot. Let me get a little more interesting. <laughs> with it 
And a very happy birthday to Jack Murphy today. A very special, very special birthday. And uh, we just rescued him from the 90s there. And uh, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> I've, I, I'll, play, I'll play something, if, you know, and um, I'll do my best. But uh, that's, that's a good start. And even Siobhan, I have to mention as well. Siobhan Hawk, slightly belated happy birthday to her today. So it's, it's a lot of birthdays up, upstairs and um, hence the buns. Such largesse won't happen again, just for these special, as Ronan Collins says, roundy birthdays around the place. All getting very, very old. My kids had a great time playing with three lovely Ukrainian girls in our garden, says Louise. It was at the weekend. If families could offer garden playdates, even just once a week for the kids living in hotels with no outdoor space, it makes such a difference. And they get to practice English with other children and pop into your nearest hotel supporting Ukrainians and make contact. Well said. Be the person to make the uh, make the to make the call, and uh, Luke says uh, just with the queues in Sh- uh, all around the place, um, Cork and Shannon. Don't forget Ireland West, of course, uh, the Ireland West Airport and not. That's another uh, opportunity for people they can travel out of. Yeah, fair point. And um, another. Uh, well, I'm going to go to this email actually from Neve Mitchell, which uh, arrived this morning, um, saying I wanted to pass on my experience over the past week with the Ukrainian family who have come to live with me. Uh, I saw a post on Facebook looking for accommodation for two families. One was a grandmother, a mum and her small baby. That's who came to me. The other family were two cousins and teenagers. So I agonised over it a bit. Well, not much, really. I discussed it with my family. And last Thursday evening, they arrived. And I won't go into it, all the details of their arrival and their journey to get here, but I do want to tell you how happy I am to have them in my house. I can't believe how much love I have for this family. My neighbour has taken in the other family and have been so kind to them. And they too are very happy there. So, well, happy to be here, but scared and sad for their husbands and sons and fathers back in Kiev. And on Friday morning, they received news from American intelligence that the Russians were going to bomb their little town, which was close to an airport. And we were FaceTiming the men. And it was surreal that they were sitting there just waiting for the bombs to drop. And thankfully, they're okay so far. On Monday, they could hear the bombs dropping in the background when on the phone to them. I digress, but can you please tell your listeners to please, please open their doors and their arms to these wonderful people. They're not looking for handouts. They want to go back home to their houses and their jobs. Sometimes we just have to trust a little. I had registered with the Red Cross, but got my family directly. The idea of any child having to sleep in a tent is too much. So please... If you have a spare room or two, push away those reservations you might have and you might find it a very enriching experience. That's good news to hear that. Uh, kind regards, Neve Mitchell. And you're referring to the um, the Defence Forces are building a large tent village for Ukrainian refugees in Gormanstown camp and uh, it's hoped that it'll be used only as a last resort and uh, any means necessary, I suppose. But I know what you mean, ultimately. And uh, I'm glad to hear you're having a very positive experience. Uh Tim McStay says, you mentioned Last of the High Kings. The book was written by Ferdy McCann. Oh, sure. Listen, I know Ferdy down through the years. Great guy. He kept the momentum and two years ago directed his own movie, Danny Boy. Uh, lockdown affected the launch somewhat, but he, it's out there uh, to rent or buy. Ferdy involved so many Irish artists and soundtrack is mainly Irish bands. And I was one of the lucky ones. Good on him. Uh, good on him, Ferdy, and wish uh, him well today. And to you, Tim, thank you for your message. Um, and we have a... a, a a text from Kathleen says, we have an Afghan family living with us at the moment and they have three daughters and I was anxious to help the girls settle in and make friends. 
I've never played GAA, but we all headed down to our local club about, about six weeks ago. The club has been incredible. And the girls have been welcomed with open arms. The coaches have been amazing. And the other kids and their families have been so welcoming and kind. I can't imagine how tough it must be arriving in Ireland as a refugee. However, anyone who is arriving into Ireland, I highly recommend heading down to your local GAA club. I've no doubt, based on our experience, you will be welcomed with open arms, uh, make friends and have immediate access to your local community. We are so lucky in Ireland to have the GAA. I have a new and very real appreciation for everything the GAA does for our local communities and young people. So thanks for that. Well done, Kathleen. And to all the people involved in the GAA for offering a welcome to all these people who <laughs> who deserve it. Sorry, just got... See, that they should have named the dog in Pompeii. <laughs> Spoticus. Yeah, you can have that. That's good. I like that. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. Okay, love Santa, so I have to say, great fun. You know, one of those very positive people um, and uh, uh, good spirit uh, all around. And like I say, her Instagram um, is really, really strong. The Caribbean dub, like I say. And that show will be on Thursday um, at 7 o'clock, which I was watching, called The Price of Everything. Good stuff. Uh, I'm 82, says the text. Yes, good morning. We were brought up all our lives to watch the pennies. Good on you. I got a present of a tin of Campbell's tea for Christmas, says Bob. It's still going strong. The tea and me. Yeah, the tea I had in Beulies yesterday was tea leaf tea. And I'll tell you something, there's something really nice about it, tea leaf tea. So I was happy with that. I remember when Santos and her brothers arrived in Donny Carney, says Catherine. I was living with my granny and we had the best summer playing on Clanmoyle Road together. Isn't that lovely? Uh, Santa's great, says a text. Uh, also... Buy secondhand clothes. Yes, we talked about that this week already. And repair clothes. I haven't bought a new item of clothes apart from runners in two years. Um, good on you for covering the debt education issue. Constantly amazed, says Noel in Dublin, and saddened looking at all the bright, well-educated young people who could do anything but yet seem to have zero financial nous, which sadly can lead them into all manner of unhappiness. There's definitely a gap in our education system in that regard. And another about uh, Jared Leto, of all people, from Roisin, he said he was my first Hollywood crush. He was a total babe in My So-Called Life with Claire Danes. Didn't see My So-Called Life, but um, I saw Claire Danes in, she was in Romeo and Juliet with uh, the Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. And then, of course, Homeland, where she made a living out of looking very angsty, constantly. So much so that by the time I got to season two and I see her face, I think, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm on edge. I can't, I'm out. Uh, how great to hear Santos talking about uh, giving, uh, saving money at this time where inflation has gone through the roof and everyone is talk, trying to live the best and most econo- economical way they can. In the 70s and 80s, we didn't have an awful lot of money, but neither did we have the snacking culture we have today. So there were no pizzas and bags of crisps or those big bags of sweets. If we did snack, it was brown soda bread with butter, for example. Not hugely exciting for our young selves, but so much cheaper and more wholesome. I love nice clothes, but shopping secondhand on sites such as eBay and in charity shops has totally changed my mindset on spending on clothes. I also donate back to the charity shops the clothes I don't want. And this helps with the circular economy as well as very worthy charities. I now only buy expensive clothes a few times a year. And I'm so much more appreciative of them when I do. I also donate them when I'm finished as quality clothes have value and can be resold and reworn. Up the recycling and frugal revolution, says Kate in Limerick. And thank you for that.
I meant to say congratulations to the um, Irish women's rugby. Uh, they didn't nec- they didn't win, but I was at the game in the RDS on Saturday, and uh, everyone behind the scenes, Jane Gilson and Kevin Potts, and everyone did a great job pulling it together, and got to meet the president of Ireland, who was there as well, and a great crowd of particularly school kids who were playing rugby all over the country, who stopped to say hello. I wanted to say good morning to you all from Connemara to Cork and beyond. <laughs> it was great. It's a great event, and the w- women will be playing in the Six Nations against France in the next match. So here's hoping for a better result that time but they're they're thriving um, in, in their field in every manner so good on them uh, if you want to email us throughout the day you can to ryan at rte.ie but at 10 o'clock we've got to say goodbye stay tuned to Claire Byrne and have a wonderful day thank you for listening The Ryan Tuberty Show listen back on the RTE radio player